So the four people who were allegedly um, responsible for orchestrating the toppling of the uh, Edward Colston statue and throwing it into the river in, in Bristol uh, have walked free. They've been found innocent by a jury in a court of law. Uh, they openly admitted to toppling the statue. Um, they were found innocent, as I say, acquitted of criminal damage after opting for a jury trial, arguing that pulling down the bronze statue in Bristol and rolling it into a harbour was justified. I'd like to mention early here now that they rolled it 500 metres through the streets before it got to the river. And it's not a um, light thing either. It's like it's made of raw iron or something. All the way, really heavy. Just, just yeah, briefly, you, the Telegraph says the down, um, at the top, the argument it. they're making is that they, success, they successfully... They argued successfully that they prevented a hate crime by putting down the statue. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that's a thing. Oh, so was the statue about to come alive and start coshing people over the head or something? It was about to, yeah, I mean, it was it was going to wave a Confederate flag and say, hello, all my N-words, because um, statues famously uh, do yeah. this. But I mean, Americans, if for Americans who are watching, um, it's, you're not alone. You're not the only people suffering from this cultural insanity. You're not the only country suffering from statue toppling. We had it. We've had it for a long time in this country because Black Lives Matter is one of our cultural imports, for which we do not thank you one bit. Um, Edward Colston <laughs> is uh, was a very famous, very rich, and very generous man. It must be said, who basically founded what is now the city of Bristol, which is our equivalent. He of donated the equivalent of six million pounds in 2020. He, he didn't donate it in 2020. The, the 2020 equivalent uh, in money, he donated six million. More than that, because he it, it wasn't just no, one or two causes. Um, because it, it went. It wasn't just in. Um, so like he gave generous dowries to the university. Bristol would have far fewer open hospitals, open houses of any descriptions, open schools. The the modern city of Bristol would not be currently churning out these over-educated, under-thought nonsense radicals were it not for the benefaction of the man who they are attacking. He also was involved... about him because, um, just quickly, sorry, the memorial for George Floyd mentions him. Does it? Yeah, the the memorial for George Floyd or the funeral or something like that. It was mentioned during the eulogy. Was it the one that they because they held one of those in Bristol? No, no, in America they mentioned Colston. Oh, like, they were sort of looking internationally at similar stuff that was going on. Yes, because it, it should also be mentioned that Edward Colston, like a great many very rich people who ended up being very generous, was also involved in the slave trade, the Atlantic slave trade specifically. Um, from which he made some money. I don't think it's the case that he made even a majority of his money or even a plurality of his money from it. We, um, we simply don't know, is, is the answer. No, but generally speaking, anybody who tells you that slavery was tremendously profitable for the people engaged in it doesn't know anything about the history of slavery because, I mean, it was it was actually quite a costly enterprise in the end, um, which is one of the many, many, many reasons the 1619 Project's narrative that the uh, Civil War was the response of the South attempting to... Um, to keep the institution of slavery because it was profitable to them is bollocks and it takes literally five minutes of reading on the subject to reveal this to be bollocks so naturally nicole hannah jones could not have been expected to have done that reading despite being a pulitzer prize winning leader of a new york major new york newspaper indeed and while we're on the subject of the 17th century it's worth remembering that edward colston was born in the 17th century uh so this is a mere hundred years after well, no, same, same. Shakespeare lived in the same century, basically, just about, I think. Um, the mere 200 years, more or less, after Richard III was killed in battle um, by Henry VII. I mean, this guy's old. He goes back. 
Um, so you have way. to ask, if there's this outrage at someone born in the, in the 17th century who lived into the eight, early 18th century, it, why not go? I know this stuff's been gone over hundreds of times, but seriously, why not go back? Why not complain about the treatment of peasants under Henry III or, or some nonsense like that? It, it's entirely arbitrary. But um, More importantly, we are. why not complain about the very real continuation of the worst of the world slave trades, which is the Arab slave trade, which is going on to this day. To the present day, um, yes. Where you the can Arab actually still continued long after the abolition of the North Atlantic slave trade, and yeah, it was it, far worse, largely actually. because it was an inland route which the British fleet, which was put to the very costly and expensive ta task of ending the slave trade worldwide for the first time in human history, could not, of course, land its ships in the middle of the Sahara Desert, which is one of the many places the inland routes of the Arab trade went through. So, any any Arab state which was on a coastline found its slave trade disrupted by the British, um, but. Many Arab states, of course, do not rely on coastlines to do their travelling, and so we couldn't disrupt their slave trade. But it was not for uh, it was not because of the British that slavery, the worst, the objectively by far the worst instance of slavery, um, was perpetrated in that day and continues to be um, perpetrated today. In fact, it's a, a bit too too little of the British is the reason we still have slavery in the Arab world today. But that's all a big meta point. So let, let's um, go through and let's see how how toppling the statue can. Um, can be said to have prevented a hate crime because I'm interested about this. So, yeah, the three men and one woman acquitted of criminal damage. They went for a jury trial, which I assume was taking place in Bristol and therefore packed full of... Mm, I'd like to know who, was, uh, who, who constituted that jury. Morons, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, the verdict led to concerns that other protesters would be encouraged to take the law into their own hands. Rightly which, so, uh, because they almost certainly happen. will. Yep. Not that they've needed very much more encouragement, given that they've been allowed to do this already, and the law isn't very interested in stopping them. So, it's just it, it's and not. This just comes, confirms that. Yes, cabinet ministers weren't happy, rightly so. Um, six Extinction Rebellion uh, demonstrators were also guilty of similar charges after attacking shells, allegedly attacking shells, London headquarters. I don't know why I have to say allegedly because we saw them do it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, green light for mobs. MPs urged ministers to consider whether further changes to the law were needed. They are. Lawyers and academics argue the case was a quintessential example of the British jury system. Well, the, yeah, yes, if you append the word the decline somewhere in there. The decline of the British jury system, I think, I would imagine. This is the reason you, you shouldn't favour the death penalty today, even if you favour it in theory. It's because modern juries are just full of utter no morons, and they can't be trusted with anything. Largely because, again, it's a, we, an extension of Blairite policy wrecked the jury system in this country. Um... But uh, yeah, Ryan Graham, 30, Milo Ponsford, 26, and Sage Willoughby, 22, charged with criminal damage. All of these people are either current students or recent ex-students who I'm sure were unemployed and they're living off very generous slush funds from their equally socialist parents. Yeah, and the listen, that, that how posh a name is Sage Willoughby. Sage Willoughby, yes. <laughs> uh, she screams avocado on toast. Yeah, she um, screams uh, working class, yeah. Mm. And the the, uh, the fourth defendant, Jake Skews, 33, was accused of orchestrating the plan to throw it in the harbour. Uh, the statue, a yeah, 70th century slave merchant, pulled down during a Black Lives Matter protest. Prosecution claimed that it was irrelevant who Colston was, which it is. Uh, the defence team successfully argued that the presence of the statue constituted a hate crime in itself, and that the four had been preventing a crime by... No. So th this is just if you if you needed any more evidence, the whole concept of hate crime was complete and utter bullshit. This is this is this is it. And know, also, the, the, the jury system in this country is broken. How can you, how can any sane person 
find this argument convincing. Well, for all we know, seven people thought that they should be innocent and, and five uh, not, because, of course, uh, I think it was Tony Blair abolished um, uh, jury uh, unanimous jury trials. So you, you no longer have to have all 12 people agree. No, no, you don't. That's, that's a very good point. It's one of the many reasons they've been wrecked, of course. And yeah, I think it, well, that was a Blairite policy. But the, the existence... So the statue has been up for a long time. Nobody it's gave a fuck about the statue for a long time. Yeah. Nobody gave a damn about it until a criminal drug addict overdosed on a street in Minnesota and sparked a worldwide moral panic about race. And then all of a sudden the statue committed a hate crime. I'm how and if and if the statue's presence is a hate crime you logically cannot prevent said crime by removing it because it's already happened and it's been happening since the 1800s when the statue was put up so no I mean I know that the Metropolitan Police recently said um that they wouldn't be investigating re- it wouldn't be retrospectively Oh my god yeah, they don't they don't inter- yeah, they investigating don't... these crimes but oh. given how seriously they take hate crimes I I would be interested to know how they'll go about investigating these alleged hate crimes that William Colston has committed will they go to where he currently sits in some sort of warehouse somewhere and just dredge him up and question him and No because they just log them he, he was probably recorded as having committed a non-crime hate incident back in the 1800s and then it was just added to the list of them and then nothing was done um it was it was used to push some more papers around somewhere in the Met Police headquarters um and we won't investigate crimes retrospectively what utter bollocks but yes, after less than three hours of deliberation, the jury cleared them of charges. The four appeared outside the court and declared their acquittal a victory for anybody who wants to be on the right side of history. Yeah, the, oh, na- the Nazis said that. This right, is just self-righteous bastards. Culturally vandalistic, nihilistic, year zero claptrap. Which but is, this is exactly dangerous why. Stuff too. This yes, is really dangerous. Massively stuff. dangerous. So we skip down to here. The cenotaph and a statue of Winston Churchill have been vandalized in the past by anti racism protesters. There are now fears that extremists will be emboldened to attack any monument that they dislike. This is really serious, um, precipitous stuff for society as a whole. I don't think that enough people are taking this seriously. Because if you have a, they're clearly a minority, but a very vocal and influential one because they have the media on their side by and large. You have a, a significant minority who feel a quote-unquote emboldened to do this stuff and probably will now feel more emboldened to have another go at Winston, the Winston Churchill statue, for example. The last time that happened, hundreds of, um, how to describe them, hundred, hundreds of, well, the BBC would describe them as far-right nationalists, probably, but hundreds of people. Normal human centrists, basically. Normal yeah. human people to, to gathered around the statue of Churchill to, to defend it from these people. This stuff can escalate pretty quickly. It can get really ugly. It can get violent. As we've already seen, it can get violent. You, don't, you only have to look across the pond at the United States to see how this stuff goes because someone calculated that we're always about four or five years culturally down the line from what America is doing. And that, that's been, I think, uh, proved over the last 10 years that, that everything America does or is interested in, in in this area we inevitably pick up on it eventually because well because we speak the same language blah 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 but th- this is dangerous stuff and, and not not enough people are taking it seriously we're treading on extremely dangerous ground here yeah but also I mean it's just, these are the, condi- the I don't want to be hyperbolic because I don't think there'll be a civil war or anything that silly but 
these are civil war, these are proto-civil war sentiments that are being stoked up by all this stuff because you set one faction of society against another, one of whom have the media on their side, the other of whom feel disenfranchised and decisively unemboldened. It's not good. It's not good. No, but um, the other thing, of course, is that the decision, the legal decision itself, is hysterically awful. So... For those who, who don't know, uh, a hate crime is an official part of British law. A hate crime is determined, determined as having happened if the victim or anyone else perceives, whether they have evidence or not, that a crime has taken place which was motivated by hate. There is no evidential requirement for this. It is automatically logged as having had happened. If anyone, anywhere, whether they saw the thing or not, perceived that the thing was motivated by prejudice against a protected characteristic. We've, we've seen ludicrous examples of this. I think I went through them on an earlier video. Um, the, the former Home Secretary gave a speech on immigration, and an Oxford professor called the police on her and said she'd committed a hate crime. Then he, then he went on television and said, well, he hadn't actually seen the speech, but he'd read about the speech. Now, because it's a hate crime, she wasn't arrested, but it was officially logged as having she having committed a crime, and it will appear on an enhanced DBS background, like a security check, um, which government ministers are fortunate in that they can get around it. But for other people who want to go into jobs working with children, for instance, or working with charities, or working with uh, sensitive information, these things will appear on their records in, if they do an enhanced DBS check on the on the basis of nothing, on the basis of... There was another one where a guy's dog pooed on someone's lawn, and the how the homeowner reported that as a hate crime, and it was duly logged. Now, this this decision which the, the jury has found in favour of, which then sets a precedent, is that a, the, the hate crime standard can excuse were act of vandal, actual vandalism against public property and private property. So any statue anywhere in the country which is perceived by anyone to represent prejudice against a protected characteristic is, by virtue of its presence, committing a hate crime and it is acceptable in law, according to the precedent set by this decision, for you and a gang of thugs to tear that down and throw it in the harbour. That is now in the British common law legal system. That it can be overruled subsequently, but for the time being, that's the precedent that's just been set. Yeah. So yeah, if you turn to Winston Churchill works. and you turn to Winston Churchill and you say, well, yeah, he had some pretty nasty attitudes toward the Burrs in South Africa, who, though were, though they were white, were nevertheless ethnically distinct. Or, um, you know, he, he advocated gassing uh, uh, Africa, African rebels fighting against British colonial rule, for instance. He held attitudes very, well, I was about to say typical for his day, actually. In most respects, he was quite progressive by the standards of his day. But by the standards of our day, he held attitudes typical of his day, and those attitudes are, by the standards of our day, prejudiced. So you are, you are, according to this decision, at liberty to go and tear down the statue of Winston Churchill on the grounds that the presence of that statue is itself a hate crime and you are preventing a crime taking place by tearing it down. In other words, crime is an acceptable response to crime. Real crime is an acceptable response to bollocks crime like hate crime laws. This is, this is an insane, insane decision. And it applies to anyone, anyone at all, who for whatever reason, offends the, the moral sensitivities of our day, however briefly, you can tear down statues to them mm -hmm. that have been up for centuries without any vote, without any democratic process, without any recourse to legal protest at all. You can just tear it down and lob it in the sea. 
it's, it's well, insane. We can, um, we can only hope you're wrong, um, of course. Uh, further down in the article, um, it says, however, Adam Wagner, Wagner, a human rights barrister at Doughty Street Chambers, Doughty Street Chambers, said the case had not set a legal precedent and showed that juries could sometimes be, quote, a kind of societal pressure release valve. Um, he said there was absolutely zero chance of any jury deciding it would be fair game to destroy a statue of Churchill. And I'd just say, why? Okay. What, 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 why is that the case? Mm. Uh, it, there's, there's no guarantee. Answer. There's no guarantee of that. But first of all, um, the, the politicization of the judiciary in this country has been much commented upon, um, above all recently by uh, Sir, not he's not Sir, is he? Uh, Jonathan Sumption in his Wreath Lectures. He, he goes on and on about this danger. Um, we're, we're, we're becoming much more like America, as we've already said, in this sense in particular, the politicization of the judiciary. If the juries, which we see from this article, can... Uh, decide in favor of the vandals then there's no reason that the judges can't feel at liberty to take their their side so i i don't i don't buy that i agree with you i think this is dangerous i don't agree with adam wagner i think that there is every uh chance of a jury and a judge deciding it would be fair game to destroy a, a statue of of churchill i don't see why that's impossible given everything that's just happened no i mean i, I would be willing to put money on it. Mr. Wagner, if you are listening, I will bet you a modest amount of money that this will be brought up in a subsequent court and the de the defence of the vandals will be that previous courts in Bristol have excused it along these grounds. Because it can be a legal precedent. He said it hadn't set a legal precedent. Well, no, in the sense that no one has yet claimed it is one. But I, I, I'm morally certain that you will find other vandals doing similar things in the very near future, and when it goes to court, if it goes to court, their lawyers will say, well, look at this decision. The jury in this case found that this legal reasoning was sound. And whether the judge accepts that, or the, whether the jury in that case accepts that, is of course a matter for that judge and for that jury. But the argument will still be made, and again, as you said, because of the politicization of the thing, much of this is just, it, it's entirely now contingent on place. So if the, if this new court case happens to take place in Bristol again, then the odds are that they will find in favour using the same argument. If it takes place in somewhere with a bit more sense, which is to say literally anywhere else in the country, or indeed at the bottom of the ocean, where Edward Coulson's statue now resides, um, then perhaps the jury would decide differently. But this is not this is not a good standard to be setting. It is setting a standard. And I'm sure it will be that people will have recourse to this standard. I'm, in the I'm sure too. If you scroll down a little bit further, there's something I really want to comment on because I just saw it and it pissed me the hell off. Is this something uh, so we've rectified history? Uh, no, no. So first of all, just below the advertisement, uh, the defendant's legal fees were funded partly through the sale of T-shirts designed and donated by Banksy, the Bristol street oh, artist. fuck off. Uh, but if you scroll a little, just, just below that, uh, uh, so the four defendants laughed as the verdicts were returned. Uh, during the trial, David Olusoga, the historian, appeared as a witness for the defence. He told the court that Colston was the chief executive officer of a company responsible for enslaving more Africans than any other in British history. Now, David Olusoga, for those who don't know, was the historian used in, um, well, who presented some of the episodes in the BBC's um, revamp of Kenneth Clark's old series, Civilization, except this time it was called Civilizations, plural. Um, so for anyone who doubted listening to this, that the media, the the the, the BBC and, and so on and so forth, aren't 
ideologically on the side of the vandals in this article. There we are. There you have it. It couldn't be clearer. David Olasoga, hired by the BBC to do a flagship program, what was a flagship program and is still a flagship program, Civilizations, alongside Mary Beard and Simon Sharma, uh, has was there in Bristol, basically... You know, and again, this this is worrying partly because he's a historian. He should know better. He should know, of all people, given his profession, that it is not right to judge people by the standards of your own time. We do not judge Alexander the Great or Genghis Khan by the standards of 21st century fucking Holland, do we? And the same applies to Colston, for goodness sake, as I said earlier. Early, early, uh, late, mid to late 17th century. I mean, this guy goes back. Here, David Olasoga is judging him by the standards of the 21st century. Um, yes, he was the chief executive officer of a company responsible for enslaving Africans. Um, I hesitate to say so what, because it's obviously bad, uh, but so what? I mean, everyone back then was doing it. it. It was just the context of the time. It's also not no, just the context of the time, it's the context of the entirety of human history. Of human history, it's, yeah. We, it's we act just... as though the Atlantic slave trade was some kind of aberration and that the state of nature that preceded it was beautiful and harmonious and if you just left the africans alone then they'd all be at least as they'd all be living in wakanda that that's the level of historical thought that we're dealing with here the entirety of human history slavery has existed every culture every people every civilization on earth has practiced slavery in one form or another throughout the entire course of our lifespan on this planet it's yeah, not well, an aberration, it's the to these commonplace. People. The only unique thing was that for the first time since at least Solon of Athens, which is the only other occasion I know of, the British decided that actually slavery had to end and actually orchestrated a huge and expensive campaign to end it, not just in our own trade, but the trades of everybody else. We blockaded Brazil, we threatened war with Morocco and uh, and, uh, the, and the Ottoman Empire even. Um, Heft, hefty empires in their own right we threaten to go to war with over this that's the unique thing but no these people mm-hmm. think it's it's they said we didn't change history we re-rectified it you don't it's understand just, again, it's history so self-righteous it's so self-righteous and also what do you mean rectified it you haven't changed anything you haven't changed the past these things still occurred all you've done is throw a statue into the river and virtue signaled about it and now you're you've got off scot-free and i bet you feel very very happy about this yourself. is the danger this is the mindset the thing that the nazis had in common with the communists was the idea that you can rectify history like the, the idea, both of them, and the French revolutionaries as well, have this idea of year zero, year null, um, where you can rectify the past. You cannot rectify the past. The past is the past. It is irrevocable. You cannot change it. You cannot revert to year zero, start it all again, sweep it all away. This, this fact-free, thought-free, ahistorical, dumb-as-shit ideology is exactly what has led to the most dangerous regimes in world history we are fortunate at the moment that it's just these four dweeby wankers who've done it but if you allow this kind of mentality to fester which we have been doing there is only one direction in which it will go and that direction is not good but they say they they say it's a victory for racial justice i i think just in the name of you know really making amends for history if it has been found out if it is found out that any of these four people 
for instance went to Bristol University and benefited in any way, directly or indirectly, from money bequeathed to that university or to the city more generally by Edward Colston, I'm sure in the name of racial equality, they will happily hand that money over to the nearest black person. I'm sure that's a thing they're now going to go and do at the next available opportunity. Because surely they, they haven't, they haven't, they're trying to rectify history after all. So, Well, that's their own logic, isn't it? That's yeah. the logic they would have the rest of us comply with. With the with the um, what's it called the uh, restitution argument that's often made, yeah. So that it's surely that yeah, uh, surely they were going to do the same thing. But this this last paragraph in the entire article is, is most interesting to me. Uh, quote: In this case, they determined that a conviction for the removal of this statue, that a glorified slave trader involved in the enslavement of over eighty four thousand black men, women, and children as a most virtuous and wise man, would not be proportionate. <sighs> I don't, I don't even know where to begin. These people deserve to have gone to prison for a long time and to have had very nasty things done to them there. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want nasty things to be done to them, if only because it would just fuel their own sense of self righteousness. Just Thomas Sowell's phrase, uh, "the vision of the anointed." It, it it so perfectly applies to these people. Oh no! Absolutely, it does. And it's just so irritating that the people who think themselves anointed look, sound, and think like this. Because I don't I mean that that's not any definition of anointed that can be gained by anything except self-description. I don't think um, uh, these people are anointed. They think they are anointed. No, yeah, it's it's yeah, it is as you say. It's exactly what Thomas Hill talks about, and um. It is the sure and certain path to cultural ruin, but there we are. Yeah, and one last observation: What are they? Why were they in court? Under what law were they? Were they, you know, suspect for having broken? You know, what's the point of this trial? They should be in trial for I don't know what the specific name of the law is because I'm not a lawyer, but presumably it was damage to public property, incitement of this and that. Of that, they were undoubtedly guilty. Undoubtedly, it's on camera, um, and it seems that they've admitted as much. Um, that's what they should have been found guilty over, not, as seems to have been the case, which is, again, what worries me about the jury and the judge, not over whether, you know, the, the, the character of Edward Colston, the historical character, should not be relevant here. Um, the, the There is a distinction here. I mean, suppose, for example... For some random reason, I, I hate to break Godwin's law, but suppose for some random reason there was a statue of, of Adolf Hitler in Britain somewhere and someone tore it down. Now, obviously, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that. And to be quite frank, I'm not losing any sleep over Edward Colston either because he doesn't sound like a particularly nice individual, but that's neither here nor there. I still think these people should have gone to jail. But suppose there was this statue of Hitler and they, someone tore it down and they were in a court of law. Now, if the character of Hitler is relevant, then obviously they shouldn't go to jail. But under the law that these people in this article were, were being prosecuted under, uh, the character of Edward Colston was not relevant. You're, you're being prosecuted under a specific law, and you go to jail for whether or not you've in, in, um, broken that law. You know, what's your infraction? That's the point here. What is relevant in the trial? Is it the character or your act? 
And it seems that we've decided as a justice system with this precedent set um, to focus on the character, to focus on the intent, to focus on the larger historical context. No. Have you broken a law? Yes. Good. Go to jail. Yeah, you, you can be morally in the right. But if you've broken the law, you should still go to jail for it. Like, if exactly, you, because if in the long run, if these people Hitler, care about being on the right side of history, then you'll be rectified anyway. You'll be vindicated. Very many people on the right side of history, looking back, suffered legal ramifications for some of the things they did. That was right and proper because, guess what? Society moves in increments, ideally. You don't want sudden revolutions. You, you don't want these things. The society catches up, the law catches up. These things are delicate ecosystems that have taken a long time to, to come about. The law needs to progress in increments. I don't know how else to say it. It's just it seems obvious to me. These people broke a law, they should be in jail for it. And the court has decided otherwise, and that's stupid and dangerous. And if they're so sure that they had the support of the people of Bristol and were on the right side of history, they could have removed it democratically. They could have applied for their MP, except, of course, though, that the, the final arbiter there is the, the, just an MP's veto. So the MP could t could have turned around and said, well, no, which would, of course, given the... Okay, and then, and then if, if the support is what they say it is, then the MP would have lost the next election. Sorted. So yeah. that's, they're, they're, again, the, it's, the a great it's a local council people, matter as well. The great irony of these people is that they're exactly the kind of people to vote for Jeremy Corbyn and uh, or would have voted for Jeremy Corbyn and bang on and on and on and on about the importance of democracy. You know, the Owen Jones types, democracy, 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 democracy. But they don't actually care about democracy when it comes to doing what they want to do. They're happy to circumvent it. Yes, no, it's a very old fashioned Marxist idea of democracy, which is what they share with the Islamists. And President Erdogan of Turkey said that it's a bus you ride until you get off. Um it, they're, they're all they, they are all in favour of it until the point at which it ceases to be of any use to them, and then they do this. But no, the, the ultimate question is: Are you allowed to commit a crime? Um, is is criminality excused based on the moral character of the the person against whom you are committing the crime, as you said? And the decision the jury has found in this case that the moral character of, of a man, not even a man who was alive, but the man who was the inspiration of a statue, was such that yes, you can excuse criminality on the grounds of his moral character. And that's, that is incredibly dangerous. It's not, I mean, not there going are, well. There are provisions, one last thing, there are provisions in the law for weaker sentences when context is taken into account. So if if, the, if, if a statue is torn down and the character of that person, that you've the, the statue of whom you've torn down, is, is so execrable that everyone just agrees with you morally that it was the right thing to tear it down, there are provisions in the law that can make your sentence less harsh than it might otherwise be. But don't just, don't, What's happened in this case is that they've just basically been determined innocent of everything. The least they, the least they could have got is like a hefty fine or like a, a you know community service or like a six month in jail or whatever because the the max the maximum sentence for this is actually ten years. Um, but they haven't done that. They they haven't gone for that. They just you're innocent basically, which is itself a criminal decision. But um, I think we'll have to end that one there. Yeah.